0: Hello, everyone, and welcome in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody, alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State outlasts Kansas 31-27 to to keep their Big 12 title hopes alive. We'll know a lot more by the time the game kicks off on Saturday. That game will be against Iowa State. We're going to talk about that game and so much more. But before we do, we want to let you know we're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. The ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Well, Monty, that game in Lawrence was fun. You were there freezing your butt off with your son in the stands. I was there uh, in the press box. That was a crazy game. I mean, where do we start? What a finish for K-State.
1: Well, let, let me say, um, I you know... Kudos to the KU fans that came out. Kudos to the K-State fans that came out. It was a great game. I know they were talking about the last game for the booth, as they call it. Mm -hmm. And uh, why why not K-State, KU, Sunflower Showdown? Uh, There were moments where I wasn't really nervous about it, but there was some concern. Yeah, so it it was a good game. We got the win. That's all that matters. And, And we can look forward. But. Looking back on it, there was a lot of highs and lows, but the better team did find a way to win. It
0: was it was really amazing. K State wins, improves to eight and three uh, overall, six and two in the conference. KU now drops to seven and four, four and four in the conference. Every time I watch this KU team play specifically, it amazes me about how many trades, shifts, motions their offense has. That's where I want to start because that offense confused K State in the first half.
1: They've been they've been doing it all year, you know, and not just K. State K State has an excellent defense, not just for the Big 12, but also in the nation, in my opinion. And we talked about it the week before how uh Coach Lightole and his staff does a phenomenal job of pre-snap formations, movements, trades, as you said, and, and forcing guys to have our discipline. And we talked about that. If one guy Chooses or doesn't get his eyes right, somebody can be wide open. A great case in point was coming out of halftime, uh, that first drive for them. Uh, they uh, they trade, pre snap, and then they roll the pocket one way, and the tight end on the backside comes across the field, is wide open, has a lead blocker in front of them, mm-hmm. and gets a, a substantial gain uh, coming out, setting them up for a score, and that's a great example of what they can do.
0: And that was their only score, really, in yeah. the second half. That was yep. the only time they got any points. But I, I look at what they did and, and and I was sitting up there, and it was shocking because it felt like every single time they were either going Speedo, Speed Option, mm-hmm. or Wildcat. And when they went with the Wildcat, sometimes they did a Speed Option too. Uh, it was fascinating because, money, it, it kind of felt like I was watching the Service Academy team and Army, you know, uh, when Navy used to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it kind of felt like was, you know what? They knew that they were a little undermanned at the quarterback position. Right. So they were just going to try and find any way possible to get points on the board, and it really, really worked in the first half.
1: Yeah, and when you got three, when they had two quality running backs and they threw another one there uh, as a wildcat quarterback, you have guys that, that are athletes that can do that for you and understand and keep it simple. They have two reads, either give it or they keep it or they can pitch it late. But even with the quarterback, with the um, speed option to the to the short side of the field uh, and to the boundary, I couldn't help but think, and I, kinda, I looked, looked at my son Ezra and I said, that reminds me of some of the old coach snyder days Mm -hmm. and when coach demo was helping out as well k-state was notorious for running the speed option into the boundary and no matter who he played they could not defend it properly and i couldn't help but wonder if sean snyder had something to do with that say hey this is a look that worked for k-state so many years let's look into that and that looked very familiar and i kind of laughed about it but i got frustrated because we couldn't stop it early yeah and they had a lot of success with it they
0: did and that's that's a great cult. K-State, though, I think the adjustments were made at halftime um, when they found a way to stop it. And I look at the linebacker position, and Bo Palmer is a guy who hadn't been playing that much. Austin Romaine got the start at the Mike linebacker position. Bo Palmer gets inserted in. I mean, that was big time because he obviously was someone that the coaches trust Extremely uh, with his eyes. Like that's what you mentioned, right? You gotta have good eyes. Not saying Austin Romain didn't have good eyes, but Bo Palmer, a guy who's been around the system, that was one of those guys that felt like hey, we're gonna put Bo Palmer in there because we know he might not make the big plays, mm-hmm. but he's not gonna screw up and he's gonna trust his eyes, he's gonna read his keys, and he really played an outstanding game.
1: Yeah, he was very disciplined, played a great game as you said. You know, we talked about it before with the young linebackers with so many injuries we had, um guys were gonna have opportunity to step up and he was not one of the guys that was on my radar, mm-hmm. honestly. and But to see him come in and play like he did, it made me happy as a former player and as a fan also to see a young man who was a program guy get an opportunity in a Sunflower Showdown in a rivalry game. That means something and he made plays. So that was really good for him to get the opportunity and moving forward is also knowing that we have even more depth at the linebacker position, uh, getting ready for the Iowa State game and potentially a Big 12 game and a bowl game looking forward. So that was good to see him play well.
0: And it's pretty funny because chris Kleiman talked on tuesday about how the, the linebacker position was decimated with injuries <laughs> but they're still able to produce i think that really says yeah. a lot about what this program and what this staff is building um I want to talk about the secondary play a little bit because um, I think Cole Ballard was exactly what we thought he was going to be. He wasn't anything special. He wasn't bad. No. He definitely no. made some good plays, but the secondary really stood up when they had to. You look at Marquis Siegel finishes with that game-winning interception in the end zone. Kobe Savage gets a pick. The corners played fairly well. I thought overall the secondary had a really good game against KU.
1: They did, and it's one of those things where a lot of people uh, in the media, a lot of fans uh, on social media made a, a big t- to do about Ballard being a third string freshman. The kid is still polished as a freshman. He's not your average freshman coming off, off the bench. He's been around. He's cool. But we talked about it before. The system that KU runs I'm not saying it's anybody, but a large majority of Division One quarterbacks can be successful in that system. I don't care who you are, and I'm not knocking the kid Ballard because he is a good player, and he's going to get better as his years come, but the system that KU puts you in, it's easy to make the, the easy throws, and guys are going to be wide open based off of what they do, and K-State did a good job of not panicking, forcing him into some bad throws, and if you notice late in the, in the, in the game, or late in the second half, K-State showed pressure, and right before the snap, they dropped out of it. Yep. That forced, the young quarterback to make a decision against zone. Man-to-man, is easy to make a decision because, you know, it's this guy against this guy. I'm going to throw the ball up and hopefully my guy's good enough to beat this guy. But in in zone, he got to see who's dropping, who's coming down, who's staying, who's leaving, and that forced him into an interception.
0: That's exactly what happened. And I know you're talking about the last play, the last interception of the game. K-State showed blitz. They Mm -hmm. ended up rushing four. He throws it off his back foot in the corner. The guy's double-covered, and K-State wins the game. Um, A major reason why they won the game is also on the offensive side of the football as we flip over to that side. Will Howard finishes the game 13-24, 165 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Not the greatest day passing, but he was just in command of that offense.
1: He was, and there were moments where, um, like, in the game you forget about the quote-unquote easy plays that we had, and they not – and for our eyes, like that's an easy play. But for if you see the whole picture, he made some good decisions because he could have easily went for a, a deep ball here and there. But he chose to check it down. And, and there were times where he made some decisions early in the second half that could be, potentially could have been a pick six. Yeah. Thankfully, the linebacker okay, you yeah. dropped the ball, but. Most quarterbacks, not most quarterbacks, some quarterbacks with a panic after that, he goes, you know what, I made a mistake, I got lucky, wipe off my shoulder, on to the next one, and he put a drive together. So that speaks a lot about Will. He's been much maligned throughout his career, but he always finds a way to win.
0: And right after that potential drop pick six, Trayshawn Ward bust one for 54 yards. I mean, honestly, I'm sitting up there in the press box going – K-State's going to win this game. Yeah, Like, as soon as he dropped the pick six, I remember texting my friends and saying, well, now K-State's going to go score a Got touchdown. A yep. and because that's that's always what happens, right? It, it seems to happen all the time. And sure enough, they go down and score. Um, just an outstanding day uh, on the ground as well. DJ Giddens 21 for 102 uh, and a touchdown. I thought this might have been, overall, this might have been, given the circumstances... One of DJ's best games.
1: Yeah, he played well. And me personally, I wish K-State would have went to him more. Mm -hmm. I know we saw some things on tape and on the field that we could exploit them um, with the pass game. But I I think DJ, you give him a chance to get a rhythm. And and Ward is a great player also. And and it's one of those things where K-State, we're at a point where we have so many weapons. Because if you notice... Brooks didn't get a whole lot of looks mm-hmm. as well. One catch, and yeah. One catch, exactly. And then Ward, when he got a chance, he made the most of it. But DJ, he was always falling forward. And even when KU played the play great, he made guys miss on air to either get back to the line of scrimmage or fall forward for two or three yards. So he's a guy that you can always rely on to have positive yardage.
0: And you talk about some of those playmakers. Well, Jace Brown starts off the game with a really long pass play, and then subsequently he maybe has the biggest catch of the game <laughs> on a third-down conversion takes it, uh, runs a little out route um, and gets the first down leads to a touchdown from Will Ohio to give K-State the lead. I mean, this kid continues to do amazing things. He has been such a spark plug for this offense.
1: He is, man. I'm excited for him. And, you know, it's kind of hard not think about him and Avery in the future. Right. And, you know, obviously Will is still here, but as a fan, I'm not going to act like I'm not excited <laughs> about it because I am. You talk about that, rap, that whip route he ran, mm-hmm. um, those Kansas corners on uh, Kobe Bryant, he's aggressive and he's a guy to take chances. And I, and I, I think k state coaches knew that they had him isolated uh one-on-one on the backside. he runs a real whip route he shows slant comes back out will puts the ball on him he gets the first down and that's a different game that gives us a chance and then later will scores and it's just one of those things where k-state made the right plays at the right time and it felt good and i was excited the fact that we didn't uh fall apart and we found a way shout out
0: to the offensive line yeah. too. Because yeah. I thought they had a great game, specifically the left side along the line, KT, Leviston, Cooper Beebe right. doing what they do. But we also got to give a shout out to special teams because I am of the opinion <laughs> that that blocked PAT by Nate Matlack, returned by Keenan Garber. He waves the wheat when he gets into the end zone. That really was the turning point of the game, money, because not only does it only give KU uh, six points, it gives K-State two points. So there's a four-point differential there. Well, K-State ended up winning by four. Mm-hmm. So along with that, K-State then goes for two um, later in the game to make it work. KU has to drive down the field and score a touchdown instead of to kick a field goal to tie the game. I mean, that blocked PAT changing the complete dynamic of the game. KU then fumbles and muffs a punt where K-State will – obviously get it, go down and score. But special teams, again, special teams are the reason why K-State won this game.
1: You're, you're absolutely correct. And it's easy for me to sit here after the fact and say this, and I wish there were more people around, that were around us when KU took the lead. And we had a few KU fans around us. Obviously, we're in Lawrence, mm-hmm. and there was some K-State fans around us. And I, I looked to my son, Ezra, and, and and he goes, I don't know that. And I said, it's fine. And I, I joked with him. I said, hey, KU does KU things. And I said, something's going to happen yep. uh, where, we, I said, they, they, they're, they're my their emotions are high. I said, but we'll check and see if they stay disciplined. Mm-hmm. And I said, somebody's going to let up at some point in the game. It could be special teams. It could be, and I said, it could be at this extra point. And sure enough, <laughs> that happened. He looks at me, and he gives me a look like, come on, man. And But it was the feeling, the crowd on our end went crazy. And when he, uh, he got the black punt, the black PAT, and, he, and it's not something about seeing a, a Lawrence kid pick it up, runs it back for two points, and then he waves the week. In the end zone, I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty cool.
0: Special teams player of the week, Keenan cool. Garber. That was awesome. I mean, just a great game to watch yeah. overall. It, these games haven't been very fun recently. I yeah. mean, let's just call it how it is. Now, if you're a K State fan, they've been fun, but just from like a you know competitive game. And you talk to the players, and they said, "Well, this one feels better because they had to they had to go through that adversity to get the win." And has KU closed the gap? I, I, I think they've definitely closed the yeah, talent absolutely. gap, but there's still a mental hurdle that is required to win these kind of games and. They're still a ways off from that. They are.
1: They are. And and it's one of those things where um, I'm a real, I'm a case that guy bleed purple, but I'm a realist. Uh, Lance Lightpole and his staff have done a phenomenal job, obviously, with their new stadium going in next year. They're going to get some better recruits. They're going to get some more uh, more excitement about each year. Uh, They'll go to a bowl game Mm -hmm. and probably beat whoever they play. I don't care who they're playing. You know, I I, I try not to cheer against KU when it's Big 12 against the rest of the world, but it's still hard for me, (laughs) but I'm okay with the Big 12. But whoever they play in a bowl game, they're going to give them fits. You know, it's one of those things where. They're a good team. They're going to continue to get better. But like you said, they're not quite there yet. And it takes several years to understand what it takes to be consistently good and beat the big boys of the Big 12. And and some people might not like it, but we still are the defending Big 12 champions. And until we're not in that game, I'm going to continue to say that.
0: Amen. K-State wraps up the Sunflower Showdown, and now they get set for another rivalry game. Farmageddon, K-State and Iowa State. And we will talk about that game when we come back on the Friday walkthrough. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State and Iowa State are set to tangle in Farmageddon. We're going to talk about that game, but first we are sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Make sure you are stopping in to town at Booth Creek Wagyu. Get you some beef. I don't know if you're gonna to want to tailgate every week. I say, you know, make make us have burgers. I don't know. I'm gonna be completely honest. There's snow in the forecast, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if I will eat a burger with you, but if you have it, I'll go and I'll be there and I'll hang out. And then I'm gonna go and uh, sit in the press box, money. I'm sorry, you have to deal with the snow. But that's okay. <laughs> um, this is gonna be a great game. Yeah. I mean, Iowa State comes into this game six and five with four conference wins. That means. They did not have a very good non-conference season. They lost to Ohio, and they also lost to the in-state Iowa Hawkeyes, who can't seem to score the football. Um... This is going to – this just sets up. This is just a grind it out, find a way to win this kind of game. Bad weather, but, man, this is another rivalry game that I just love. This series is just great.
1: It is, and it's crazy. And, and I'm glad that we, they put us with them at the end of the year because it's two schools that are very familiar. Um, the ag community is mm-hmm. uh, very prevalent with both schools, and you got a bunch of blue-collar kids that work hard, not a lot of big names on either roster, coaches who are somewhat no-nonsense uh, and, and, and appreciate the hard work. And it's fun, too, because normally if you have a Texas team or even an Oklahoma team coming in and Kansas when it's the temperature is 30 degrees, mm-hmm. it's 7 o'clock game, it's nighttime, potential snow, them boys don't want to be here. But Iowa State, they welcome it. They're used to it. And I think their fans understand this also. So, and I Honestly, the Sunflower the showdown that's great, but Farmageddon. There's something about that. That's that. just sounds cool.
0: It's like the Iowa State and K State are so familiar with each yeah. other. They're so similar to each other. That's what makes it a great rivalry. Right. The schools are very similar to each other. Fans are very similar, and the teams are somewhat in a, a similar spot. Uh, if Iowa State doesn't have you know those two conference non conference losses, they're The same record as K-State. They're not that far off. They had a lot of turmoil in the preseason. Mm -hmm. um, But that might have been a good thing for them. Hunter Deckers is not the quarterback. It's Rocco Becht. He's a freshman quarterback. He's really solidified that spot. They still struggled to score the ball. Yeah. They still struggle to score the ball, but the cornerstone of this Iowa, t- Iowa State team is their defense, and that's kind of where I want to start. They run a three three five. How do we know they run a 3 5 Because they were the first team in the Big 12 who ran the three three five, and they're really good at it.
1: Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the year. They were kind of struggling a little bit, but once they um, got the right pieces mm-hmm. in the defense, their coaching staff does a great job of getting guys in position, and they run it like no other. Um, like I said, they probably run it the best in the conference, uh, if not in the nation, And they understand what to do. They understand personnel. And it's a mirror image. You know, they understand how to adjust to K-State because they run it well. Um, I am concerned a little bit. I feel like we still can do a lot of things based on our our O-line. But – I'm, I won't be surprised if the first half is a struggle for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean traditionally Iowa State yeah. has been really good. You go back to last year 10-9 to nine in Ames. <laughs> I mean that was another slugfest of a game and just mm-hmm. back and forth and um, you know punt, 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 punt. I don't know if we'll necessarily see that. K-State has been really good at home. Yeah. Right, That's the one thing this offense, they've scored at least 40 points at home in every single game this season. That's going to be tough to do. Not necessarily just because of the defense, but I think the conditions are going to play a part in that as well. Um, on top of that, this Iowa State defense has only really had one bad outing. They gave a 50 points to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and that was early in the season when I think people thought this Iowa State team might only win three or four games. So um, they really only had one bad showing. It came against a pretty good team, but, I mean, this defense, they're going to try and keep Iowa State in the game.
1: They will. And, honestly, I- I'm thankful that, like a lot of teams in the Big 12, they're pass first. K-State will run first. And we have several dudes that can run the ball. And we talked about war, We talked about uh, Giddon. But we talked about our guy, Sennett, as mm-hmm. well. And I think he's going to be a key player going into Saturday's game. It's a lot on the line. It's senior day. Potentially us getting into the Big 12 championship. Uh, and-, and we want to finish at home on a strong note. So we have a lot of quality guys, a lot of quality pieces that understand was the stake. And I think our O line was gonna take like, like our O line, got quite a few seniors. Yeah. They're gonna take pride in that. You know, it could potentially be snow. It's gonna be cold. And I think the beef up front they welcome that. And I think they're going to come out and say, you know what? Yeah, you guys are fine, but it's a 3 3 A three-man front not going to stop us. And you're going to have to do something different. And I think we're going to force them to do something different.
0: Yeah, I think that K-State running the ball is going to be key in this game. Yep. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be Friday. There's going to be Big 12 games on. It's a whole day of football. So we're going to know what's at stake by the time Saturday kicks off. But regardless, K-State is going for a chance to be 9-3 and for a second consecutive season. Potentially eventually winning 10 games for uh in back-to-back season which hasn't been done since 2014 2015 so um they're they're right in that spot of, hey, they're starting to build something. And these seniors, they don't want to be the group that lost on the senior night. They don't want to be the group that potentially lost with a win-or-go-home on the line to Arlington. I, I, I see this offensive line, and, and particularly a guy like Cooper Beebe, right? like He's not a very vocal guy, but he's not afraid to lead by example. KT Leviston, same thing. If you run behind Beebe, you run behind Leviston, you're going to have a lot of success. And if it's cold outside... Teams are not going to want to tackle DJ Ginnis.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and you hit you hit the nail on the head. DJ, he's one of those guys where he's a quiet assassin. He will run through you, and he's going to get back up and do it again. You know, in the O line, as as he goes, they go, and vice versa. And I think the offensive line will take pride in that. But. I'm I'm a football, and as you were talking, I was thinking about the potential game conditions. I can see our linebacker group; Mm -hmm. those guys out there with no sleeves on, (laughs) welcoming the challenge. And I I feel like they honestly going to take the fight to Iowa State and send a message and be like, "Hey, here's the deal. We've been banged up all year. We've been rotating different guys all year, but out of the five guys we've been rotating, no matter what three are in, we're going to dominate. And I feel like our linebacker crew is going to take take it to the next level, and I'm, I'm anxious to see them hit Iowa State in the mouth.
0: Oh, and that's where I was going to go. I want to talk about K-State's defense, Iowa State's offense. We mentioned Rocco Beck a little bit earlier, and this is a guy who I don't think maybe Iowa State fans were expecting to take the job. Uh, they had their own Avery Johnson, J.J. Cole, another local kid, a true freshman who's appeared in a few games, going to redshirt for them, but Rocco Beck has been solid. 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and uh, 2,444 yards, so he's throwing for a little bit more yards than Will Howard. He's definitely throwing the ball a little bit more. they've been behind a little bit more, um, but he's been solid at the quarterback position. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to make the big time throw on you, but he's been solid. And, and you know, Jaden Higgins and Jalen Noel, those are two guys who K State that been they've been you know a thorn in the side of K State before. Jalen Noel, the local kid, they got some weapons on offense. They don't score a lot of points, but when they do, they're able to score enough to hang around in most games.
1: They are, but I like our corners one-on-one against the guys on outside. and that allows our safeties to be uh, alley runners and, and the, the run fit. And when you got Siegel, who has tur- turned into a pretty physical player, mm-hmm. and, and, and as well as Kobe Savage, and you got Payne also back there, he can come and bring the hat, to bring the wood to you as well. I think our three safeties can be a, a, a big part of the run game, but then when I would say it needs to pass, they can also get deep, and like you talked about against the KU game, and it game, they discover, they uh, disguised their coverages really well and forced a young quarterback to make a decision when needed. So I'm not overly concerned about the quarterback killing us. We have to be solid tacklers and understand what's going on. But I think we're the more physical team on the defense side of the ball.
0: I do. You mentioned the secondary and uh, our good friend, Mr. Savage, Kobe's dad on Twitter, um, I, I love it because he tweeted out a picture and it said, the law firm of Siegel, Savage, and Payne, and <laughs> it was it. all three of love those it. guys back there. Um, they definitely lay down the law. Hmm. Uh, Those guys are not afraid to hit people. And Marquis Siegel, we talked about, had an interception in the game on Saturday against Kansas. But, you know, I look at those guys in this game, right? Like – this is going to be important for the secondary to play well because we know Iowa State has knows how to attack that 3-3-5. Three, three, mm-hmm. And so are they going to throw the ball more? Are they going to run the ball? I, I, I really look at this Iowa State offense, and I think the best way for them to try and stay in this game is to throw it, yeah. regardless of the conditions. We know K-State's going to score. You know Iowa State's going to come out and try to attack the ball down the field. If K-State can minimize those big plays, it's going to put Iowa State in a really tough position.
1: I agree, and I think Iowa State will resort to also So taking receivers deep and then slipping uh, a tight end underneath a fullback, I can see them trying to get the screen game into play because we are an aggressive defense. And how do you slow down an aggressive defense? You get misdirection and you run screens or quarterback draws. But I can see Iowa State taking a few uh, chances downfield. But if K-State's defense is too aggressive, uh, misdirection or also – I.E. screens and see what happens to slow them down. But I can see Iowa State taking a few shots down the field early that kind of loosens up.
0: And you go back and you can look at that Iowa State and Texas game, and if folks haven't watched those highlights, I definitely recommend it. Iowa State was in that game. Oh yeah, They had a great chance to win that game. Um, they had they ran a play. It was fourth and one. They had run three straight plays. It was fourth down. And one of their biggest plays, it was their biggest play that I came from a touchdown on a fake quarterback draw, a little pop pass to the yep. tight end, and yep. goes all the way in and scores a, scores a touchdown. I mean, this Iowa State team is is very capable of giving K State a run for their money. I don't know if they'll be able to necessarily come in here and knock off the upset just because of all the stuff that's gonna be on the line. But when you look around the Big 12, if you were to look at games and be like, okay, I think this team this might be more of this might be a better game than the folks think. This might be one of those games.
1: Yeah, I agree. And one thing that scares me about Iowa State, not just as a team, but their situation. K State, we have a lot more state. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, yeah, they're both eligible. But win or lose, they're still both eligible. So, that allows them to play a lot looser. They're on the road, not in front of their fan, their home base. They're looking to play spoilers, so they're going to take more chances on special teams, on offense and defense. So, K-State has to be disciplined. we got to be ready for anything because Iowa State knows, hey, if we take a chance, if it fails, it is what it is. We lose the game. So, what? We're still bowl-eligible. Not a great season, not a, not a bad season, but this allows us to play a lot freer. K-State. Different situation. Still competing for a big troll championship, senior day, at home, when it went out, finished strong. So we'll see how, who the pressure's on and when it comes game time. But I like our chances overall regardless.
0: And let it be known, Chris Kleiman did beat Matt Campbell last year. That was the first time that he had beaten Iowa State. That's right. That's that was right. a big deal for him. He celebrated, gave Gene Taylor a big hug last year. So that – that monkey is off his back. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, not losing or not beating Matt Campbell and Iowa state. He doesn't have to worry about that. But you know, I I do, I look at this game specifically, um, on the offensive side of the football for, uh, Kansas state, as we kind of transition back to that and wrap up the show here. I, I, I really believe that, the run game once again is going to be the reason why k State's able to walk away victorious, like k State's offensive line has been so good in the second half of the season. The improvements they made from week one to where they are in week twelve it's it's remarkable and it's obviously been a struggle you didn't expect it to be a struggle with all those guys, but every year is different every team is different. They have adjusted to things much better than I think we anticipated there's been some stars emerge from that offensive line group but that's going to be the reason why they win this game is because those seniors up front are going to take it amongst themselves to make sure that they find a way to get a win.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, and I look forward to seeing the the, the O-line, that group. They're a senior group. They're a vet group. They are, all have had some type of award uh, at some period of the year, and, and what what a better way to finish off their, their uh, home career at, at home with a win. But also, you talk about the run game. We expect Ward to have a good game. We expect Giddon to have a good game. But don't be surprised if Will Howard mm. has a big game running the ball also it could be um it can be quarterback counter it could be quarterback sweep it can be quarterback power it can be option but look for Will to have a big game running the ball also.
0: He had a lot of success against KU running the ball. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how whenever K-State gets into that goal line scenario, yeah. they use Howard as that extra runner. They know that he might be a little beat up at times, but he's still going to be able to turn on that extra juice to get into the end zone. The read option has been an incredible play for K-State on the goal line. Almost better than the designed quarterback runs. The yeah. read option has really worked for this team. I think that's a great call with the quarterback run. Before we get into our picks, i got to ask you, this is really the last This is the last week of the regular season. K-State, obviously, we still don't know who's going to be in the Big 12 championship. There's a lot of scenarios that we don't have time to get into. But... Who do you think will play in the Big 12 championship come next week?
1: <laughs> Man, that's a loaded question. Um, who do I want? Us, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Against who? I don't care. Yeah. Uh, as long as we're in, it's kind of tough to say. I think Texas Tech has a good chance against Texas. I know it's in Austin, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Tech has a history of playing Texas hard, and they got a pride about it. They don't like Texas. Um, they feel like Texas feel like they're better than everybody, and then they're leaving for the SEC. So I think Texas Tech will have uh, a lot to say about that also. Oklahoma State. uh, versus BYU. BYU looked okay against Oklahoma early. They had chances to win, but they're on the road to Stillwater, so I'm probably going Oklahoma State with that one. And then uh, Oklahoma, you you don't know which team's going to show up. And it could potentially be a four-way tie at the end of the day, but honestly, I don't know who's going to be in it. All I care is if K-State's in, I don't care who we're playing.
0: I have a bold prediction. I've said this before, but I actually think K-State's going to get in. I hope hope you're right. I would say if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd probably say it's like a 25 to 30% chance but again, K-State finishes the year 9-3, and three. even if they don't get in. That's still a great season. Yeah. they got to take care of business on Saturday against the Clones as we get into the picks and wrap up the show. Monty. Do they take care of business? What is your score and who is your MVP?
1: They take care of business and it's probably one of the lower scores, scoring games of the season. I'm going Cats twenty-one, Cyclones ten, and I'm on uh, DJ Giddens is my guy.
0: Okay, twenty-one to ten. That is definitely the lowest score that you picked in this game. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not ready to say that it's going to be that low scoring just because K-State scores at home. Yeah, they just find a way to put up points. I don't think they're going to get to forty points, but I'm going to say they get to thirty-five. And I, and I do think every every week I say this is going to be a close game and i i do think i actually do think this will be a close game i'm going to say 35 24 um i think again iowa state they're going to come out with a bunch of uh, a bunch of things they're going to run trick plays they're going to do double passes things like that right. and i think k-state will pull away towards the end of the game but i think k-state wins 35 24 and as far as an mvp goes i've talked about it all show i might as well keep with it give me those seniors up front in the offensive line they're going to lead the way and make sure that k-state runs for over 250 yards
1: right all over right. 250 yards and 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 I'll, in this case i'm hoping you're right I'm wrong. You know it's it's the, the more the merrier we get points and we win, great. But like I, like you said, um, the O-line, they should have a great game. And I picked DJ, but DJ can't do it without those guys up front. So if the O-line gets it, Great. If DJ gets it, still great because Olaj had a part to do with it. But as long as the cats come out with the victory, I'm a happy camper.
0: Well, no matter where you are for the game, if you're at the bill, if you're at if you're at home, you know, drink some hot chocolate, snuggle up with a blanket. If you're at the bill, bring as much warm clothes as you as you have. It's going to be cold. Uh, you might even want to bring your little snow scraper yeah. for after the game. <laughs> we'll see uh, how that plays out. But nonetheless, thanks everybody so much for listening and watching, and we will talk to you next time on the Friday walkthrough.